going on, everybody? This is the elite. This is the Eat Sleep Elite Repeat podcast. That's the first time I've ever fucked that part of the intro up before. Hello, God, what have we here? Hello, what have we here? Yes, uh, Billy D. Just uh, what a vibe, right? But anyway, um, but anyway, I actually watched Empire recently. You know, it's sidebar before I even go into the actual. First of all, this is the Eat Sleep Elite Repeat podcast. I'm the Duke of Derps. This is Charlie. But anyway, um, sidebar Empire Strikes Back, just a good film. I don't care what anybody says. Star Wars, good films. The first three, you know, you can say that fuck the Ewoks. Now, fuck you. The Ewoks are fine. Anyway, um, I like those little fucking fat bears. No, they're they're cute. I want to I want to I want to pet the Ewok. I probably would bite my hand off, but you know. And there's also some implications that they like eat humans and stuff, which explains why they they didn't know immediately know how to fight the Empire, which is a little (laughs) sad, you know, because it means the Empire has been slowly slaughtering the teddy bear population for years. But anyway, um, that being said, isn't it weird that they chose that specific planet to put the shield generator on? Like they could have put it on a planet that was like not immediately right next to where they were building it, you know? But nah, whatever. this is anyway. the way. Because <laughs> I feel like space doesn't limit the oh whatever. Anyway, whatever. This isn't star. This is Star Wars. We don't need science. Anyway, um, so yeah, so there's a lot of really good wrestling this week. Obviously, uh, this is the beginning of season three of the pod. So if you've been following the pod, I wonder if there's anyone that's been following since season one. I I don't know. I'd be I would be really surprised. Um, but maybe if you have, you know, I don't know, shoot us a DM on Twitter or something like, yo, I've been I've been here since day one. I I, I give me what I want. You know, anyway. <laughs> If you're the one that's like looking for the YouTube video that doesn't exist to leave a comment saying, no, bring back the, the Simmons award. I demand it. You did it for five, like 50 weeks in a row and then quit. And I was just like, yeah, you're right. I did. But um, yeah, I, so yeah, season three, uh, we are going to do a quick, we're not quick. And what we quick, this could probably be a two hours. It's going to be a chunk in podcast. Cause one, we're behind and two, um, we like didn't even review Ring of Honor last week. I don't even know how that's gonna work. I think we're just I think we're yeeting that Ring of Honor, but that that didn't happen. It didn't count. It's stricken from the can. No, I'm just kidding. It's not stricken from the can, obviously. <laughs> but, um, we've we've determined that it's no longer it's no longer important. But we, we we will move forward, and I will do another Ring of Honor review this week. But we will be doing a major review of uh, Huge Pan Pro Wrestling Dominion. Which sidebar, sidebar, sidebar. Weirdly, I don't know why this just occurred to me while I was sitting. I think Dominion, even though Wrestle Kingdom is usually the better show, I think every year Dominion just hits better for me. I don't know why. Maybe it's because by that point in the year, I'm like ready for another New Japan like big show, you know? But like, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I Split like the right cards of Dominion that. a lot more sometimes. Ah. I, I don't know. Hey, it's it in a way it kind of sets up. I like the, the Okada shows, uh, right? Kenny match they had at Dominion more than the one at Wrestle Kingdom the first year. Like, I, I don't know. Hey, it sets up it sets up the rest of the year in a way. So, and let alone this year now, which we'll get into. But two forbidden door matches are now locked in, and I mean they literally can't be any better. It cannot be any better than what we're getting. So, yeah, that's gonna be fun. Yeah. But you know how it is. You know where we go. We're starting off with uh, the season three is kicking off with a with a bang. You could say. The, with the bang bang bang? Oh wait, shit, shit. <laughs> Bullet Club Gold. Uh, every time Jay White calls it the bang bang gang, by the way, it just pops me. I don't know why. Um, but it's just you know, 
yeah, so favorites this this time. Uh, I, I got I got the nod, if you will. I got I got the start. Uh, you know, uh, throwing the first pitch. So uh, not surprising anybody at all. I think like if you stay one week where maybe a couple of weeks recently where you just happened to pick something differently, um, or the weeks where you ended up picking Orange Cassidy. I think every week. Um, since he won the international title back when it was the all Atlantic title, which sounds cursed now when you go back and watch the video and when he's winning it. Um, but, uh, still, um, it's, uh, it's funny. Cause at the time I remember thinking I, the, the way that they framed it wasn't like, like it was this big giant important win, but I knew in my head, I was like, I, I really hope that like, when we look back on this, it's like, we realize what, how important this title ring was going to be. And I, every week has been something from Orange Cassidy, I think in one of our favorites, pretty much since he won the title, which is six months ago now or something, you know, which is crazy. Quite like, literally like, every, every time he goes out there, he puts on a great match. It's uncontested. And it's funny. Cause then you tag him up with somebody like Darby, who I wouldn't say is like, himself going to give you that like i don't think darby allen could go out there like a kenny omega could with literally anybody and have an insane match but somebody that can match up with darby's style and can match up with his style of selling and can like actually like be willing to take some of the riskier moves that darby likes to do like i think um he can have a good match with a lot of people that way and so it's it's almost like you put the two guys that are really consistent but don't really have anything to do right now on a team um, kind of like the jungle hook, you know, conundrum, which I'm yeah. glad that they're kind of getting back to a little bit, which we we'll get to. Agreed. You know, like, I think both guys will benefit from that. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember saying that when those two actually just a sidebar, 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 sidebar again. Uh, I think those two benefited from being together before, but I think I remember saying to you on this podcast when they broke them up, like that, that was going to hurt both. It was going to hurt hook for sure, but it was definitely going to hurt jungle boy. And jungle boy was on TV less. I was fucking right. And nobody believed me anyway. Um, he literally didn't get back on TV again until the four pillar shit, which is crazy because he was on TV for like fucking three months for that, but whatever, you know, like, um, but none of it was good and he was hiding from promo. So it was fine. Um, anyway, that, that level all resolve in time. So not to uncompletely sidebar myself, but, but it is kind of relevant because we are talking about Darby who did get beat by a side headlock takeover at, um, you know, the uh, double or nothing by Mr. Maxwell, Jacob Freeman, the champ, the, the triple B, the, uh, you know, the, the champ that runs the camp, as AJ Styles once called himself, you know. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, I like uh, Gates of Agony getting more and more tag opportunities against these, uh, you know, good teams of people or just good people in general because they get to show off uh, a little bit. This is like, uh, I heard this described as like, this was the first time we've seen a squash match where the, the person getting squashed didn't, or the people, I guess, in this case, and Darby and, and Cassidy didn't lose, you know, like, um and so then that obviously results and I, I won't spend too much time on the actual match. It was a good match. If you want to go watch it, I recommend watching it. If I, if I could recommend yeah. a match from this week, it would be this one. Um, this uh, ending sequence by Cassidy made me realize that I think Cassidy is like, like two DDTs, stun dog millionaire. And then the orange punch might be the best sequence that ends a match in wrestling. That might be a stretch, but I, I think it's, it, it's gotta be up there. Like Will Ospreay's is pretty it's a good. consistent stretch too. But like that, uh, speaking of ending sequences, Will Ospreay's in, in his match. Oh, God, just a four. It was like a 10-minute match. Four fucking uh, uh, hidden blades, and he just fucking killed him anyway. Um, so, yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, I keep getting ahead of myself here. No, but yeah, I w- so Sting makes the save after they start the beatdown after they lost. Um, you know, because they squashed him. They were pissed. They were like, yeah, he was like, kill him. Yeah, send him now. And then Sting makes the save. 
and so I guess what trios match now probably that would make sense. Um, uh, maybe not. I don't know. Is that is that going to be on the pay per view? I hope not. God. Oh no. Please Gates no. and like who would be Gates and like who would team up with Gates? Oh God. Fucking <laughs> Brian Cage. Oh no, no, I'm that, uh, you anyway. Ugh, that, that that's that sounds like a terrible match. No, no, thank no, but, you. Um, I'm with you. I I thought this match. I, I was glad seeing uh, Gates Vagney get TV time in AEW because the Mogul Embassy is, I think, going to have a lot going on at the like starting next week, to say the least. Khan chopped and the shit out of somebody at one point too. I can't remember did. who it was. He was, and, he, was and, he said it was loud though. It made everyone. It made commentary go shit. And even people that have never seen Bishop Khan before, they'll look take one look at this guy and be like, holy shit, that guy's fucking shredded. Like, that looks like a world champ. Like, he's got the perfect wrestling Bishop Khan look. looks like an action figure. It's crazy. He, that's the best way to put it. It looks like an action figure. But literally, Bishop Khan has, like, I, I don't I don't even know. Like, the perfect, like, uh, you Why is he him? not playing, like, a superhero? Is this, you know what? Fuck it. You know what? James Gunn, th- th- here's your Aquaman. GG. GG. But yeah, you know, I was a little surprised Cassidy and and Allen got their asses kicked for as long as they did in this match, but it ended up setting up the great sequence. Well, I we think got. it's because Cassidy's beat down right now, but he also could be beat up like this and still win. And that's also kind of what Darby does. It's kind oh, of yeah. what I was pointing out. I think that's the only reason they can get away with that. I don't think anybody else yeah, no, and they both in had, this situation they should win this match. If this happens before. to anybody else, Gates should beat them. You know what I mean? But Exactly. You know. But yeah, that being said, I mean, I liked everyone being positioned in this spot, you know, and post-match having Cage, Strickland, and Nana walk into the ring and Swerve's music hits, the icon, he makes his way to the ring, Mogul Embassy retreats, Strickland never takes his eyes off that title. I mean, yeah. It, we'll, it's time. Put, put we'll the we'll get into that a little it. more nope, at the nope, end of the nope, show. Nope, skip into it. Put, put it on Swerve. It is Swerve's time. And... That's another reason why I think Mogul Embassy really start need to start picking up wins. Again, I'm glad getting on TV here was more important. Yes, you need to see the other guys other than just Brian Cage. So I think that's a big reason why they did this is to set it up next week. Because you got to remember, we also got Nick Wayne coming in, whose first match will be against Swerve. And what better than have it against Swerve for that fucking title? I mean, you you, you can't write this shit. Like, do we do we have an, an actual time, like a time frame on when he's going to July twelfth Dynamite? That's going to be the Dynamite. Oh, debuts. yep. So like literally next month. Next oh month. god, Nick Wayne's coming in hot. So that's that's wow. Next. I fully expect now that we're going to have two complete shows in Collision. And you know Dynamite. what they should do at, at the end of this month, like after Forbidden Door. Obviously, they should have um, a. Uh, a promo package for Nick Wayne at some point, somewhere. Oh yeah, like the week like, before it, no matter yeah. what, I think. Or be like, yo, here's I'd... Nick Wayne. Here's what he's been doing the last couple of years since we signed him. You know. Yeah, but that being said, let's jump into my favorites, and we're jumping into this fucking insane rampage card that we had. I mean, rampage, championship baby. rampage. I don't know where the fuck they came up with this idea, but I tell you what, it got me to tune in. I was, I was hot and ready. And I was going between two matches on this show, and I landed on Zack Sabre Jr. and Action Andretti. I've said for a long time, Zach, you know, Zack Sabre Jr. was not fit for the WWE style. And this is something we went back and forth with with our uh, our partner, Brady, who also did the show with us. It is That was something we all kind of agreed on. It was like, 
Zack Sabre Jr. wrestles a style that that they don't fucking they're not gonna care. It's like true Brian Danielson, right? Yeah, it's the, not like that crowd's not WWE. gonna give He a never fuck. was, and the style he developed took him years to get there because he had to fit into that mold. Nigel McGuinness would not have worked in WWE if he did yeah. the Nigel McGuinness from and, the Indies. And, but something I've 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 said for so long, and I'm I'm a little sad he did the Ring of Honor thing first because it technically is AEW, but you know, this is his fucking AEW debut. He he wasn't able to work last year. He it was Forbidden Door. He did not work the TV matches beforehand. And let me tell you this. I don't think it's a fucking... Action Andretti, this feels like a targeted opponent. Because... Actually, I'm going to I'm gonna do something for you really quickly that you haven't even realized. So I'm going to just go back to like the last two or three weeks of what we've seen out of Zack Sabre Jr. Um, and yeah. so... This is something that's been happening by New Japan people. People have been picking their matches. Kyle Kyle Fletcher had matches with like AR Fox and various people. And we have Zack Sabre Jr. uh having matches with what was it this week? He had he had what were the three matches? It was um on, on so yeah, he faced he faces Rocky, which Rocky, you know yep. He would not be able to do because I I always forget that Rocky's working mostly with New Japan Strong in America right right now because he's not overseas all the time. He does go to Correct. Japan, but he's yep. not over there all the time. So he's probably mostly working with the American. I feel like side. ROH has almost become his main brand, which is kind of cool. I like having Rocky on ROH because he yeah. was a he was an ROH guy before anyway. He was one of the main guys that would come over during those uh, Japan stuff. Um, anyway, my point is like I, he and a few other people have been like targeting opponents and I feel like, especially because they're doing the Island boys thing right now, that's going to continue. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. I, yeah, anyway, continue. Sorry. I didn't mean to just no, but, completely but derail I think, there. But. I think action Andretti was a targeted opponent in the sense of, I think new Japan's interested in this guy. And I think Tony knows that. And Andretti in a way, super juniors 31, a, a thousand percent. And if not the super juniors, the, the climax next year. If if he's the one AW guy, but the Super Juniors makes more sense because sometimes, you know, how do you say? This? You could have like you could have him and and Wheeler or him and somebody else. I guess Wheeler probably wouldn't run it again, but him and somebody else from exactly. AW, and it would make he's sense. new. He's he's this fresh new star that I, I mean at, at the end of the day, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe when this guy's contract in AW runs up, he's in New Japan because the re- every New Japan match becomes on their social every uh, television championship match as we covered before. It ends up being on their social media. So this is going to be a lot of people's first time ever seeing Action Andretti. Because let's face it, not everyone's going to watch AEW if that lives in Japan. I mean, we just know this as a fact. And here's what I got to say. I, I thought they fucking killed it. Zack Sabre Jr., the cr- when the crowd cared about him and they were buying into everything, every little thing he does. Because his fucking different locks... I don't know how to describe it. It the way that the, he does it, you just you buy in so much that he's actually like trying to break this guy's fucking arms. Like he'll he'll hit him with this arm bar and then send him flying down the fucking mat. But at the same time, he just it looks like he's broke the guy's just, arm. Just the way he resets a submission to make it look like he's twerking back on him more, like is like yeah. I don't know how you would get I, – I, so – and this is something that um, I've heard like Regal talk about back when Regal did that podcast for like however many weeks, you know. Um, like he would talk about how British wrestling used to fucking hurt, you know. It used to not be a pleasant – you used to literally be in there and it's a little bit like a fight, you know. 
um, and they wouldn't call anything. It would just be you. You all you, you knew how to catch wrestle, and yeah, you you would be I assume told the winner, you know, based on who was in charge of things, and then you would go in there and figure it out in the ring, you know. Um, and it involved a lot of some things that you were just like principles, and it was still obviously still some like influence. I'm sure from wrestling, Western wrestling, and or I guess it would still be Western wrestling, but like you know from like American wrestling in there because it all started there or whatever, but. I don't know. It's just fascinating because I bet it would fucking really hurt. I talk about guys that would hurt, suck to wrestle like Phoenix because like he probably hits you and it really hurts or he kicks you and it really hurts or Danielson. Danielson would probably suck to wrestle, but Zack Sabre Jr. might be just as bad, man. I don't know. Like, God I mean, damn. when he's got him in that arm bar and he's fucking cracking him with those foreheads, well, the guy, uh, the forearms while he's in the corner, those are, those are stiff. And then he's like putting in the body scissors. I mean, you name it. It's just, but all the while this is happening. Andretti is still being able to slip in and do his thing. He's hitting the springboard huracaranas. You know, he, he's hitting these fucking big ass kicks. I don't even know these drop kicks from that look like they're coming in from a mile away. What the shotgun drop kick? Yeah. So, oh my god, JR actually said something good during this match, which is that we should have Saber. Since we can't have it on Forbidden Door now, we should just throw Saber versus Danielson on a rampage. That would be the highest viewed rampage of all time. Yes. I mean, hey, Tony is announcing the main event of uh, Collision on this Wednesday. You want to open your first Collision with a bang? Let's do that match. (laughs) That'd be be a a hell of a match. But um, no, Sabre ends up kind of catching him in midair. He hits him. The whole match, he's the first, you know, eight minutes. He's working on the arm. Eventually, the match comes to an end. He hits him with the arm bar again. Ties both of Andretti's arms up with his legs. And he gets the submission. It's just a truly great match. Um, I didn't do a great job explaining it. But if you guys are interested at all. and Maybe you skip Rampage this week. I would check this out. And the Lucha match we'll get into in a little bit was a lot so, of fun. So here's so, a note Here's a note for you. And I, I just noticed this while I was writing this. So I think this might be Andretti's best match. Which, Charlie, I just got to point out. I, I'm pretty sure for every match that Andretti's had since he's debuted, I think I've said that pretty much every time for the most part. Maybe with the exception of one. He gets it. He really he is. I mean, that's not something I don't think we've ever had a wrestler like that ever. Where they were like maybe Dante when we first saw him, but like he even it wasn't perfect. I can't think of anybody that I haven't like seen somebody they couldn't work with. His match with Kyle was good. In in his (laughs) his tags in Ring of Honor right now are are enjoyable. Yeah, which is crazy because yeah. Darius and 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 Dante have struggled at points. And which I believe is why before I keep that, saying he should be the third Juice, member right? of top flight. So, like. and also uh, uh, Sammy Guevara. All these one on ones have been good. He's a oh my god, Action Andretti's seriously very. Bro, I mean Jericho knows. So like, if Jericho literally just like was like wrestling with this guy, like, or maybe just seeing what the guy was doing backstage, he was like, dude, like you're actually really good. What the hell, like I. I wouldn't be surprised, and like I, I've said this to you, like um, in DMs, I genuinely think he could be the talker for Top Flight if they throw him in that group. I, I really hope that's what they do because yeah, I'd be down. It, it would be a good trio, probably. I mean, and they already lost Ar Fox and Matt, Matt, uh, Matt Seidel and like Taz. They had so many mentors, and they just left them all. Like, it's just high and dry. All right, so what we're gonna do now is we're gonna get into a little bit of news, and then we'll talk some Dominion some Ring of Honor, and then we'll get you the rest of the results for Dynamite and Rampage. And we'll preview next week because we've already talked a little bit about what's happening, and it's going to be a fun fucking show. So 
Okay, kicking us off. Um, ROH revealed the date for Death Before Dishonor. It will be a pay-per-view. And they're returning to pay-per-view next month, July 21st. And it is happening at the Cure Arena, at Trenton, New Jersey. There you go, so Jersey. I feel like ROH is just always in the in the Northeast. <laughs> As intended, right? But um, I had two bold card predictions for that show. Hear right. me out. What do we got? First, first bold prediction. Uh, it will be main evented by Athena, which I think would be awesome, but may okay. not happen. Uh, but the match she will be having this this will happen will be Mercedes. They keep they keep hinting at that. I think it's going to be Mercedes getting a rematch. I think okay, unless they just do that on TV, which I guess they could also do. But they, I think that's going to be that match. Um, but I'm going to throw out there because he's been on TV so much. I think Zack Saber Junior versus Claudio for the title, dude. I think that's what it's going to be. That would be awesome. That'd be awesome. Yeah, Eddie's going to be doing the G1, so he's not going to be there. Um, yeah, I just I can't wait to see who Shibata wrestles too. Lucha Brothers, Samoa Joe, you name it. ROH, the fucking champions are insane. It, it, it when every time I think about it, I'm like, Jesus, this team's so fucking good. Speaking of that, fucking Joe versus Abushi, uh, go for it. I kind of just teased it, but um, we have the G1 climax participants. Excuse me, back to a 32, uh, a 32 wrestler field. So there's going to be some uh, long shows. The eight, uh, I believe it's what eight matches and eight matches, sixteen per per block. You got your run of the mill guys. You got your guys that maybe you're not too excited about, and then you got some of the new cats. So let's just go in the order that they announce it. All right, number one, we got Kazuchika Okada. Two, Tetsuya Naito. Three, Sonata. Four, Will Ospreay. Five, Hiroshi Tanahashi. I mean, already you're off to a good start. Six, David Finley. Seven, Shota Umino. 8, Shingo Takagi, uh, 9, Tomohiro Ishii, 10, Tamatanga, 11, Tonga Loa, um, 12, Haiku Leo, 13, Hiroki Goto, 14, Yoshihashi, 15, Toriyano, 16, Kenta, 17, Zack Sabre Jr., 18, Taichi, so it's been a stretcher. Dude, they're so, like 14 for 17 of like yeah, all my favorite yeah, there, people in New Japan so far, it's there's awesome. There's a good stretch here, and then there's, there's a couple names in a row, I'm like, oh, and then we hit it at... I, I lost my count. Was this 19? I think it's 19. 19, Eddie Kingston. Whew. There's our AEW guy. Be fucking perfect for him. 20, ELP, El Fantasmo, who debuted a new gimmick. 21, Ren Narita, one of the uh, young, the, the new guys from Excursion past couple. Uh, well, I guess this entire year he's been back. I, Narita stuff. seems to be getting really popular because they use him in a lot of spots. Like, does he doesn't even work in because, like, he's just, he's, but he's just good. Like, he's been in, like, a he's tag matches and stuff like that. Like, I, 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 I everything I've seen from Red Narita has been interesting, so. We at, next have Evil, Chase Owens, so those two back-to-back, interesting. Jeff Cobb, Great O'Conn, Aaron Hanari, Two of the newest members of Bullet Club, Gabriel Kidd and Alex Coughlin. Um, Shane Haste, Mikey Nichols, Yoda Suji, and then the fucking, the slam dunk, the home run, the one that got the biggest pop from the crowd from Pro Wrestling Noah, Kaito Kiyomaya. Kiyomaya, something like that, yeah. But, um, yeah, they got the kid. So You know, you might you might have heard him dubbed as Okada's bitch boy. I don't know. But needless to say, the fact that he's wrestling in this fucking G1. Oh, you know they're going to fucking kill each other in the match that they have in the G1. <laughs> if they got, I'd fucking put those the last two. I'm not even kidding. 
I know that'd be bold. I don't know what his deal is with Noah. You know, obviously they probably want nah, to be you don't even have life. to know what his deal is with Noah. Because if you if you give him the victory in the G one and give him a shot at the fucking world title against Sonata, that they will give him the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's uh really cool actually. So yeah, uh I want to make sure we covered that because that starts July fifteenth, I wanna say. Yes. July 15th and runs through August 13th. The fucking G1 is on for a month. <laughs> now, should Kenny, like, I know Kenny's supposed to be selling injuries right now, but should should Kenny have, like, been, in, like, a part of this? Like, being here's why the United States Kenny, champion? Like, here's, I don't think he's going to be champion, but here's why I think Kenny. Because, I mean, historically, I think that's what would have probably happened, right? Like, the U.S. champion correct. probably would have been in it, right? Uh, correct. But here's, I mean, if here's they were what's going to happen. I think the him and Danielson specifically not being on it, AW's got to use this time to build up All In. Those are crucial weeks for All In. And that's my guess. And that's probably why they let Eddie go, if anyone. Because Eddie's a big star, but he might not be even featured for All In. So he's kind of doing his own thing right now with New Japan anyways. It just fits. Damn, that would be a tough realization if you're Eddie. If fuck. That they don't have anything for me in London yeah so they're gonna let that's me go to the g1 that's why he's i mean maybe he wanted now. to do the g1 and he specifically then he found oh, out about all I mean, in after I mean, that could have happened it. too could be one of those but, things where he put in for the g1 and maybe some other people did too but they got the information about because it was closer to when london was going to be announced because so maybe way, it wasn't a your, for sure thing you know yep you got your main guys and then the two biggest surprises are kingston and, and kaito kiyamaya and then um What's it called? Alex Coughlin and Gabriel Kidd, they just joined Bullet Club that night. So it doesn't feel like that much of a shocker that they're in it. But yeah, um, just got a couple more things in news here. Pretty much Claudio was just reflecting on his New Japan debut. And he was quoted kind of saying this is definitely a moment to remember. And joining AEW and joining... I mean, it almost didn't happen. I I, I would remember it. Yeah. Joining AEW just felt right, and being in the BCC just feels right. Yesterday, when I stepped in a New Japan Pro Wrestling ring, it just felt right. We in the Blackpool Combat Club are having fun, and the and that authenticity translates. You can't fake passion, and I feel that's the thing that the BCC is built on. I think they're truly building something special here. And this is something we've talked about over and over, is how fucking cool. There's no one like the Combat Club. I mean, literally, you'd have to date back to the sheep herders to even, like, get people that are this vicious when it when it came to the ring. So, I mean, you're going way fucking back. Um, yeah. I mean, you'd have to go back to, like, some of that dirty southern wrestling where they literally had people's eyes, like, you know, like, the Jarrett's and all that, like, what guy, people get their eyes yanked out and shit like that, you know, like... People exactly. get like robbed backstage and shit like well, people get robbed backstage anyway, but you know, like still, like, you know, like, um yeah, I mean just um really, really crazy stuff. I mean, like it like, so, like wrestling this week has been really interesting because like you, we went through the G one field and like I don't remember there be there was like only like a handful of people that I was like, uh and like they'll they're not gonna yeah. be in I mean I, some of them are gonna get eliminated, I assume, pretty quickly, you know, like I hate to say it, and, and I mean, here's the thing. You got to have your Chase Owenses of, of the business. See, he's he's going to be on English commentary a lot, and that's okay. He's good at it. 
but he, he doesn't really go out there and put on, you know, a great match every week, but I guess you got to have guys like that. And it's just, I, I think I'm really glad we got some of the new guys here. Like, I, I think the wrestler I'm most excited about uh, other than Eddie Kingston, because, you know, obviously going to be a little, I'm going to be stoked for Eddie for multiple reasons, is uh, Yoda Suji. We're going to see what he's made of in all these other matches. I think he could be the story of this because, and not to jump all the way ahead to Dominion, but, it, it, you know, what they kind of hinted at, potentially, yeah. they're going to have to do something with him in this tournament because what they where they left things with him at the end of uh, Dominion, you know. But anyway... Well, we'll get to that, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> and our last bit of news here. Um, I saved it for last because he uh, he hurt some feelings this week. Oh, oh shit! And that's uh, Ricky Starks. There, there were some people that were upset about what he said, but he, he, there is some there's some truth to it. Can't can't deny this. And he pretty much the main quote here. We'll we'll read the whole thing to give Ricky context for respect out of the guy, of course. But he hates the idea of the AW pillars, and. Here's what he said. I actually hate the idea of pillars. I loathe the idea of a pillar because one, it's a full gimmick and it came from one guy. There's nothing behind it. To say that these dudes are the four pillars of the company, do you know what you are doing by saying that? F everybody else who did anything, those people don't matter. It's these three guys that we deem, I have bestowed this sacred title upon thee and I want you to go forth and do with it. No, I don't believe in that. It's a very sweet gesture to say Ricky should be considered a fifth pillar. Baby. I don't need to be a pillar, okay? I can be a foundation. I can be the roof. I can be the person outside maintaining the lawn. I don't need none of that because to me, that's a box within itself. To say that these guys are the four guys, to say these four guys are the ones that are going to make it or break it, let's see the numbers. Y'all want to talk about ratings? (laughs) Let's see the ratings for y'all, huh? Let's see how much money y'all make if y'all want to keep bringing up all this BS. Let's see it. Pen to paper. How are the quarterly hours doing when y'all are on TV? Let's see it. Last little bit here was, I don't even like the conversation. I don't even want to be included. Keep me away from that. I don't want that. I don't want to be considered a pillar. This ain't all. Japan. All right, it's done. He's out. All right, Daniel I Garcia. Bet I tell, no, I bet I tell Max to his face. You don't know nothing about all Japan. Daniel Garcia is now two of the four uh, ESC pillars. <laughs> no, but uh, I like that little touch at the end. I bet I tell Max to his face. You don't know nothing about all Japan. <laughs> Fuck yeah. No, there's no way he does. No, but, um, I mean, actually, I, to be honest with you, the way he ends some of his matches, he might actually be a fucking mark for for All Japan because he actually yes. really likes U.S. wrestling, which, as, as I've said, is all All Japan is. It's just U.S. wrestling with Japanese wrestlers hitting the shit out of each other, you know, like. They're doing that thing. Which, by but, the um, way, is kind of what AEW does. But anyway. But yeah, um. I mean, look, there were some people that were like, oh, my God, bury Ricky Starks. He shouldn't be saying this. No, no, no. Ricky Starks is no longer one of our pillars. This is what this means. He doesn't want it. Fine. I won't force him to be. Who who is the one I always say should be the sixth pillar? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Let's bring that in. I think it was Lee. Yeah. So, but uh, no, Ricky's (laughs) Ricky's one of our guys. He's, but look, he is right in a way. I, I, I thought about this too. If you're. No, I mean, honestly, if all these we guys are being talked about in a while, and the Pillars of Chaos was like a meme on our, our podcast for a while that we were going to do a podcast just about pillars. And like, maybe we could do like one where we're just talking about some of our favorite things, like at current times, a point. But like, you know, like at this point, like, it, it's kind of like, it's, I think this, this last feud should put that idea of the pillars to rest. I feel like, I hope. 
It probably won't, though, because AEW can't fucking help themselves. Maybe. Yeah, but that being said, I don't I don't give a fuck what Ricky thinks. He's one of our pillars. He can go fuck himself. He's one of our guys. Well, it's one thing for us to do that as fans, but I mean, I oh, kind of yeah. can see where he's coming no, no, from. Oh, it is, a, it is an inherently limiting storyline. A thousand it's, percent. It's his point, you know, like, which is... It's There's some true. truth to it. Did it get those guys that title match? Sure. But you know what? Ricky's going to get more title matches. He already had a good title match. He's featured every fucking week. Ricky's in a great spot. And Ricky, outside of, I mean, Christian Ricky? Cage and, uh, and MJF, he's probably one of the best on that fucking, on that microphone. And I, that's why I wouldn't even try to do a Ricky impression because, I mean, I'm sure he said that with so much fucking pizzazz and so much sauce that I couldn't even do it any justice. So I just read it fucking calm and even. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any reason to be upset at the guy. I, I mean, I don't think there's any reason to say you hate Ricky Starks now. I think it's, uh, you know. The only person that can say they hate Ricky Starks is Juice Robinson. My Juice is so fucking funny. Um, seriously. Okay, let's hit some Dominion results here and uh, chime in with uh, some stuff. Who would, who would, uh, who would you tag? Uh, actually, I just figured it out. It'd be Sky Blue, and that's who you tag against in a, in a mixed tag. There you go. GG's. I just booked you a match there, Tony Khan. Yes. So we opened up at 3 a.m. Eastern with the IWGP United States heavy, Heavyweight Title Number One Contender Championship Number One Contender Match where Will Ospreay defeated Lance Archer. Uh, he beat the shit out of him uh, in like eight minutes. I thought this match would go probably double that time. That was not in the cards. No one, no one's risking injury before Forbidden Door. They've had enough. Um, but no, he beat the crap out of him. And after the match, he called out Kenny Omega in Canada. So, as you know, the world's worst kept secret, Will Ospreay and Kenny 2 at Forbidden Door. Will Ospreay, Kenny 3 at All In. It writes itself. That, honestly, I think this should main event the show. I don't know what's going to end up main eventing. I think having uh, a championship match of this caliber main eventing would be fucking awesome for both companies. But um, what would you think of the match? And uh, I mean, we're getting Omega Osprey too. So Forbidden Door is already looking up. Yeah, I think this speaks to like what Will has been talking about in interviews. If you've seen any of the interviews he's done in the recent like months, where he's talked about like he really changed his style to get like really really good at wrestling because you know he did that one style that like made him injured a lot, you know, and the aerial me, assassin didn't get, and never got him up the card like it should have, you know, like and eventually you know, he had to rework all that, and so um, it was a shorter match, but. Um, he kicked out of the blackout, which nobody does pretty much like, you know, like, I mean, shit, you know? Um, yeah. So, I mean, maybe they do a new Japan. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Archer's just a jobber over there, but you know, like, <laughs> I, you I know, don't feel like no Archer in the G1. You know, I think they have, I was before. fucking I they shocked mentioned that. that he's been in the G1 before, I think. And he just, I don't think they did anything. I think he them. was even in it last year. I do you think like some of these guys coming back from excursion took his spot. I think so. I mean, possibly like you got Yoda Suji and you have Umino, who has obviously been, you know, on the rise. Gabriel Kidd now and Alex Coughlin sneaking in, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, you know, it's, it's yeah, I mean, yeah, those guys got in literally by the skin of their teeth because they just happened to be. They just graduated the LA you know? dojo not that long ago either. So, 
yeah. So I mean, you know, it it, 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 it we'll have to see where it goes. But I mean, I did like I, New you know, Japan I wish, is a I wish lot we could have gotten a twenty minute match with these guys because imagine what they could do with twenty minutes. What they're like ten minutes that we got, it would have been fun. You know what I mean? Like, I would take I would take Lance Archer over Haiku Leo, but that's just me. Eh, whatever. Um, you know, Lij ha- Haiku Leo will be fine. He'll be fine. I'm skipping his match every single time. God no. damn it. <laughs> Sorry. He's, dude. I, 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 no, nice we got. Guy. We watched all He's the Super Juniors. Nice I don't guy. think we missed a single Super No, actually, we skipped a couple. But we, we only skipped like a couple of Super Juniors matches. We fought like two episodes when behind, it's, but, And the guys were already out of the tournament. That's so. also true. That Those kind of didn't matter. And we skipped um, a lot of the Young Lion matches, I think, on the, on the, on the last couple of shows. But whatever, you know. We, 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 got, we got to see the Ichiban Sweet Boy. That's all we needed. You know? That's all um, we needed. So Lij, which was Bushi, Shingo, Tetsuya Naito, and Titan, defeated mm-hmm. just five guys: Doki, Taichi, Takamichinoku, Noshinobu Kanemaru. Um, we had a good brawl going right away, and pretty much just five guys. You know, they kept using these tandem attacks. It backfired. And LIJ. it's funny people forget that the fucking just that they're sorry that Lij are heels sometimes because they'll do like he like heel his shit. Like every yeah. there's or sorry not Lij sorry that um just five guys like they're technically like uh the what do they call it over in Japan I forget there's a term for it um because they brought it up during the match and I was like that's pretty funny because somebody did like a, a attack while someone was like uh hitting the ropes or something I was oh, like, hey, oh. son of a bitch but anyway yeah no it's just funny by the way something that I thought was awesome in this match I would say it's great that we got Titan in there after after his big yeah. you know, near win of the tournament but he got the fucking submission here on Takamichinoku I think that's Titan like getting him. the submission I think I, LIJ I fucking hate to say it they've reloaded like Titan's stock you know, you is know now who could team up with them because he's the earned roof. the respect of multiple of their members now. I, I think you team up if you're if you're gonna have them do like a big multi man match again like this against um uh, against just five guys. Throw Mike Bailey on their side. That'd be awesome. He would fit nice. Yoda Suji. I mean, snagging Yoda Suji now sets up Lij even more for the future. You already have Hiromu and fucking Naito, so and Shingo. So you got three of the top guys, but. Wow. Um, yeah, Titan submitting Taka for the win. We have the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match where we had Catch-22, and they defeated the Intergalactic Jet Setters. El Shida continues. He uh, lost his titles now. Um, pretty much, our match opens up. Some really good back and forth, but Catch-22 take the lead right away. Uh, TJP and Akira, they're just working down Kevin Knight. Um, Kushida gets a hot tag. Doesn't come out of it much like he, he gets through his motions and then catch 22 just double knees him and boom Kushida's down Kevin Knight is to make a save not even worth trying to save I mean <laughs> nothing really happens there um and Akira and TJP just kind of run control the entire match and they landed the double knee to Knight secured the win and they are now the uh, two-time tag champions and they had one of the best junior heavyweight tag champs uh, runs ever. So it makes a lot of sense that they're going to keep them going. Both guys fucking killed it in the tournament. TJP is so good in Japan. Actually, and, I would go far as to say, I mean, Kushida didn't do much. But, I mean, even his matches were really like, all four of these guys. I think that's why they got this match because I think it was just impossible to not to see what TJP and Akira were both doing throughout the tournament. And Kevin Knight. I, I put in my notes, always stands out amongst great wrestlers, including in this match. I mean, yeah, if we're going to lock, ah, man, see, this is, if we're going to lock in some of these guys, which we'll talk about in a second, one of the newest members, but I, I would have really have liked someone to lock in Kevin Knight. Cause now I'm worried he's going to go back to strong and kind of just 
you know, do his thing. I, I really like Kevin Knight being a champion, even with Kushida, but, uh, you know, got to go with the heavy hey, maybe, maybe Kevin Knight heard that we, us AEW fans like what he's doing, and maybe he's signing with, 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 with Big Tony. You know, you, you never Big know. You never know. Yeah. You never know. But, um, so as is tradition in Japan, after the match, uh, they're ready to meet their next challengers. Clark Connors comes out, and here's where we're thinking, oh, shit. Clark's out there. I, in my head, I'm immediately going, who's a junior in, in Bullet Club? Who's a junior? I'm like, Ishimori, he's hurt. Show that's House of Torture. They're they're probably going to completely separate them soon, so they're not going to be in Bullet Club soon. Um, no, the two fucking most badass dudes in the damn tournament. That that match that they had was fun. Dan Maloney fucking beats the shit out of Catch Twenty Two from behind. Clark Connors and Dan Maloney are running running shop, kicking the shit out of them. These are some rough and tough motherfuckers, and. I loved their little match that they had towards the end of the tournament. And um, Clark Connors and Dan Maloney of Bullet Club, your new tag team, going after uh, Akira and TJP, which who knows when we'll see this match. It's going to be fucking probably like a month or two. So this is going to be awesome when this match finally happens. And count me in for Dan Maloney joining Bullet Club. because yeah, this, is, this is one of those guys that we, 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 we saw before the tournament. And you were like, yeah, there's this guy that's like a United Empire pickup that they just brought in. That's like just that, that, that Will Ospreay really liked from, from uh, Rev Pro or whatever the hell. You know what I mean? Like, And it's like, oh, okay. And then yeah. we, we were like, all right, that's probably really pretty, pretty good then if he got recommended by Will Ospreay, you know, which then turned out to be exactly true. And then he betrayed the son of a bitch. And, uh, yeah, um, you know, there's a lot of good, like, there's a lot of stars in United Empire right now. So I'm I would okay like to with point Dan out, United Maloney. Empire was all over this show. And I think in pretty much every spot they delivered. Yeah. So I'm cool with Dan Maloney joining Bullet Club. I think there's a chance we see those guys uh, on AEW in the coming weeks. New Japan World Television Championship. Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Jeff Cobb. I mean, this is Cobb. pretty good. But, um. Uh, to me, it's not a shock that Saber kept this belt. I, I think they're loving what he's doing. Um, I mean, I agree. Um, I thought it was interesting that um, they 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 changed it up. So I think at first the the deal was like if you outlasted the champion, maybe you would win or something like that. But I think now it's like it goes to a coin flip, which that's fascinating. Like, I don't I don't know when they did that, but that's fucking interesting. I don't know. They decided on one of the matches he had this week, and I was like, ah, "That's." I, I mean, would think it went to a draw. No, I, I. That so was what. That's I what happened with Cobb. They may have changed the rules after the Cobb draw. I'm not sure. Okay. Like, I, I have no idea. But either yeah. way, oh, you know what? Maybe, maybe since it was the second one, there is something that. The oh, that would get. make sense. That way, it doesn't go to a draw again. Yeah, because you can theoretically do what know. you did with Hangman, right? And it, you know, if it happens again, then. You know, then like you don't get another match, but like it, they were like, no, like we want to, we want to make sure that we get a result here. That makes sense, I guess. We had the IWGP Tag Team Championships and the Strong Tag Team Championships to, um, open challenge here. Bishamon ended up retaining, defeating, or uh, you know, becoming champs again after defeating Aaron Hanari and Great Okan of United Empire and Evil and Yujiro Takahashi of House of Torture. This makes all the sense in the world, you know. They're your best tag team, especially now that Aussie Open's gone. So, makes all the sense in the world that this happens. After the match, Alex Coughlin and Gabriel Kidd rushed the new champions. 
and they were bull- wearing bullet clubs. So the War Dogs is what their uh, their team is called. Apparently, they're going to team up with Wardlow. Hey, never open weight championship, David. The Finley War Dogs. <laughs> MJF is just like, <laughs> why? Uh, Finley defeats ELP. Pretty fun match. Actually, no, it wasn't at all. Uh, ELP's gimmick looked really cool. I, I liked his new gear, his new style. Looked really nice. I'm looking forward to him in this tournament, uh, the G1. All right. But, so uh, they kept saying this. Is is <laughs> is David Finley the most dominant Bullet Club leader ever? <laughs> no. Uh, Finley, Finley, he's got to do something. I don't know what it is. And I don't know. Maybe the G1 will get it out of him. I Because... Because this is the thing I keep going back to. Why was his match against Hangman on AEW fine? Yet, is well, it just I mean, Hangman's opponents? a good wrestler. Oh, it's, uh, sorry, sorry, ELP. No, but ELP is really good too, and and ELP's moments were fine. It's just, is it the the style they're trying to do with him? Are they are they trying to? I just don't know. I'm hoping they figure this out in the tournament because it's starting to scream. I'm sniffing. I mean, like if it was back in the day, I'd say just like throw him against Shibata or something because that's like what made Will Ospreay realize the style, right? He's got beat the piss out of by Shibata, by you know for like ten minutes once, you know, like so, I mean, but somebody like that who who would be like that now? Who could you throw him in there with that would just like throw throw him around and show him the road? Would it be like Tanahashi? No, Tanahashi doesn't really. Tanahashi does hit hard, but he doesn't really do that anymore. Yeah, no, Fuck, it's gonna may, be someone. You might just turn. have to throw him in with Okada and let Okada kill him, man. Like I don't. Know. Oh. Throw him out there with Osprey. I mean, yeah, I, maybe they're Osprey can maybe do it they're now. in the same block, you know. Um, junior championship, Hiromu Takahashi defeats Master Wado. Very sad at that result. Uh, Master Wado did end up winning the Super Juniors, which, funny enough, as you, if you guys recall, that was my pick to win it. I had him winning it over Tanahashi in the finals, but or Takahashi in the finals, but that was not the case. He ended up beating Teton, but Master Wado's my favorite junior. I was rooting for him here. Just didn't get it done. But holy shit, his fucking... He has the best German suplex in the business. Like... Yeah, like he hit like two right back to back in the last the way couple of years. I was like, is, I thought like... Because he hit yeah. one in the entire tournament that won him a match like that. And I was like, oh, if they're doing that, he's winning. And then it's... Does anyone didn't. do it with more like flawless execution? Like... It's seriously, it's up there with Takeshita. There are, I would say Takeshita's probably got the best German suplex, but he's also like, he wrote a fucking thesis for college on it, you know? So like, um, like, so, but I mean, um, I mean, probably somebody like, um, I, I haven't seen what's his name, the guy, I haven't seen what Chad Gables looks like right now, but like, I mean, I'm sure Oh, they're good, but good. they're not this good. No, no, no. Yeah, that's what I'm they, saying. Like, guys like that, like Kurt Angle, yeah, maybe. Uh, probably Kurt that, Angle, right? Like, the only I, modern wrestler right now I think is on his level with this is Takeshita. That can specifically Currently, do this yeah, German I'm saying, suplex. like, historically, though, like, you have to go back to, like, probably, like, Kurt Angle or, like, Ken Shamrock or somebody like that, you know, like. Yeah. It's it's a really, really nice treat when someone can do a move that you'll see in every match and they can perfect it like that. It's a fucking treat. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. Watto's the other guy from Excursion. He's, uh, he's often treated as the other guy. But uh, him winning the best of Super Juniors, that proves to us... Wait, wait, you mean... What, though? No. Management does not see him as that guy. So we're just waiting on uh, Uemura to, to, to return. That's our last excursion, uh, like the last guy we're waiting on. And Where did Yuya this... go for his excursion? He went to Impact. 
Oh, so, God. So he's going to come back and suck. Well, no, no, no. Hey, hey, it's going a lot better than when they had Okada. So, could, maybe but, they Hey, that lesson. worked out. We got fucking AEW because of that, basically. So, <laughs> um, And the biggest surprise of the night, because I thought this would just be a run-of-the-mill match. It was fucking not. Um, the never-open-weight six-man tag team championship match. Uh, Chaos, which was Okada and, and Ishii. And Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated the Blackpool Combat Club, which featured Claudio Casanoli, John Moxley, and Shota Umino. You might be like, how does that surprise? Also, well, Shota, I love that Shooter's in the BCC now. He's another member. He's the Japanese yep. member. He's of. tagged in the BCC on all their stuff. And so, that's just so cool. Ugh. So maybe they'll form BCC Japan. I don't know. But um, maybe that's the next step. Shit, who would you want in that? Obviously, Zack Sabre Jr. if you can get him. Fuck. Something. Um, but that being said, uh, you might actually, think, if you why? threw most of TMDK in there, I think I'd be chill with that. <laughs> it would work, but these open man, six weight or open weight, six man tag team championship matches often have a time to just kind of be there. That was not the fucking case. Everyone looked great in this. Um, Claudio and Okada had some great one-on-ones, including the, the swing Shota and Okada had some great one-on-ones. And John Moxley and Ishii, I fucking love those guys together. Seriously, it's always a blast. One of during Moxley's uh, G One run, my favorite match, literal favorite match, was him and Tomohiro Ishii. And uh, I, I think the best way to describe uh, Moxley versus uh, Tomohiro Ishii is a uh, 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 Moxley smacking his head into a brick wall, literally. Yeah. A fun fact: Do you know who the first person to pin Moxley in Japan was? What was it? I, I, I shouldn't say pin. Moxley's first loss in Japan came to Toruyano during the G1. I mean, and, uh, and who, there's who an all time an all time fucking meme when Moxley's face when he realized he just lost to that guy. <laughs> it's a great face. I'll, I'll have to find that after this. But if you guys haven't seen it, just type in Moxley Yano meme and you'll fucking see it. It's it's an all timer. But um, yeah. I mean, I love this match. My favorite. Now we just need Brian Danielson to get beat by Ryusuke Taguchi. Yes. But after the match, Moxley says that, you know, we have the best wrestler in the world. He pointed to the video screen. Video package plays. It's Brian Danielson. He's on the fucking, the, that trail, that Redwoods like mountain climbing that he was talking about in the AEW presser. Son of a bitch. He's on that trail and he's, uh, he's revealing. He wants Okada. He wants the best in the world. He is the best in the world, and he wants to face the guy who says he is. Okada Wait a minute. This. There's another guy that calls himself the best in the world. Is it Charlie? Are we getting, are we getting a triple threat? No, no, no. He was the Come best on. in the world 10 years ago. He was now, the Thurtana in there, fatal four-way, best best in the world. Actually, you know, we'll get, no, get no, Takeshita no. DDT, and we're also grabbing Roman as well. Just fuck it. Send it in. <laughs> but um, oh, we're getting Okada Danielson. What the fuck, Tony? What's going on, bro? You can't cook us with these two singles matches, bro. You know what? They listen to us because they're the one thing we were, we were pleading and, and, and plotting for was to have more singles matches on Forbidden Door. And we're opening with uh, Danielson versus Okada and Osprey versus Omega. Holy shit. This is already going to be pay-per-view. Of the, it's already better than Double or Nothing. <laughs> But uh, any other thoughts on the match and uh, obviously this singles match coming up? 
Um, br- um, let me see. Uh, I just like seeing that. Um, that we like Shooter was one of those guys that was like randomly on Dark a couple of times last year. That's how fucking random this guy is. Like he was randomly on Dark. That's how like unknown this guy would have been like this time last year. You know, maybe not this time last year, but like a couple of years ago when we started this podcast, we're like, oh, this guy's good. I I wonder what he'll do because you know, he was just on excursion at the time. You know, and it's like yeah. I wonder what this guy's gonna do. And he's like now one of the top guys in the company. It's wild, you know. Like it's it's insane how. I mean, you, like the mocks being like, "Oh, this is my guy," and they were like, "Oh shit, this is your guy." Okay, I really think there's a chance, and I think they're gonna do this. I think him and Okada need to be in the same block, and I think they're gonna give him like a thirty thirty five minute match one night. Dude, and let him beat Okada. Do it. Send it. And then our our closer here, the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, probably the most interesting match. Since I've been watching New Japan, so about seven years, this is the most interesting world title match by a mile. Bro, this had more storytelling in it, and is like a singular match, I think, than anything that I have seen in years. It was crazy. Yes, I did not so, expect that from this random match that I didn't have any real context for other than Yoda Suji went off, you know, to do his excursion, and he was a big deal, and everyone was like watching what he was doing, and he was like one of the last ones to get back. But then you throw in all the stuff that you do with with L, uh, sorry with like um, Lij and all that and like all the pressure that was like and all the little moments yep. of storytelling. Oh, there's so much in this match to unpack. Like holy shit! Going into this build, this is by far like you you didn't. No one predicted this match as the Dominion Championship match. There's not a single person on this planet that predicted it coming out of Wrestle Kingdom. So for starters, that should lay the table. Sonata and Yoda Suji, two guys that are honestly perennial to your future of the company. Yoda Suji, this is his first match back from excursion. Everyone was wondering, are they going to do it? Are they going to do the thing? Do the thing that they did with Okada. Is he going to return and become the top guy? Son of a bitch. He should have won this match. He didn't win. He ultimately didn't win. But I got to tell you. He looked like the bigger star in the match. His every little thing he did, and oh my god, commentary was doing such a good job by saying like he was getting ready to set up a move, and they're like, "We don't know what he's gonna do. We've never seen this guy. We have no idea. We can guess." And when they did like some of his like one young lion, a uh, little like uh, submission move, like, well, we know where he learned that from. But you know he's hitting curb stomps. They're talking about how he's a former college quarterback for American football in Japan, and that's how he's throwing these fucking chops. His chops were so fast. Have you seen something like that? No, this guy's like a like baseball a, this guy's pitcher. An anomaly. Like this is this is something special that they're gonna have. Like okay, so something that that was said by I believe it was Chris Charlton during this match, and then Kevin Kelly went on the run with this throughout, like kind of sort of the rest of this match, is that it's kind of felt like recently, Charlie with a lot of the championships that generally don't change hands a lot of times in New Japan, it does genuinely feel like recently, especially with Taichu winning the KOPW championship, and you have, you know, uh, Master Watto almost finishing the story. You have um, Catch-2-2 winning back the junior tag titles. It genuinely feels like anybody at any moment could just have their moment that night and win the championship, which is that is it really like that right now in New Japan? Has it gotten to that point now where, 
everybody's got such good storytelling build and character that they could be thrown in at any moment and actually have a genuinely good rise to become champion like we almost saw yeah. you at Suji do here is it is it that are we there like i think i think that they're searching for the next guy um sonata's good but i don't think sonata's like elite okada level right just like you know we're he's not there but Sonata is worthy of being a world champion. Does that make sense? You see where I'm going with that? Agreed. Go I to think, Suji. I think in my head right now, Sonata uh, by by Wrestle Kingdom next year will have lost the title. I have a feeling. You know? Oh yeah, he's going to defend it at Wrestle Kingdom, and I, I can even tell you who's going to be against. I I, I I know this main event. It's going to be just the story makes too much sense. It's Sonata defending the title against Tetsuya Naito. It all goes back to him and Naito. During Lij, you know, will the leader? This is this is literally master versus apprentice. Yeah, I mean, honestly, and I, I want to, I'm always asking the question: Is there a, is there a room for Naito to win the title? Like that's that's right there. You know what I mean? That's it's right there. Yeah. You, you and then can Naito can the, hold that for a little bit, and then he can put it on the next guy. I mean, that makes sense. Because Naito has the main event. And if you beat, if you're the next guy and you fucking beat Tetsuya Naito for the title, oh my fucking god! Yeah, and you you could you could run. But, you know, a lot of people are wondering, did Gato have the the stones to do this? And I think in hindsight, if he would have pulled the trigger, it would have been been a good result. It would have been the right result. Yoda Suji after that match looked like the bigger star. And the crowd, can you believe the crowd as much as they were on his side? He has no deep connection to Osaka Joe Hall. So yes, I agree. The crowd was like disappointed, but like I like what they did with him at the end, with him just kind of like sitting there stunned at the end of the ring, and like Lij sort of just leaving him on his own, being like, I don't know, man. Did we should we have united behind you like we did? You know, I think that's going to be the story of the G one for Yota Suji is going to be him trying to earn the respect of those guys back after they put everything on him for this match and he lost. You know. And yeah, so maybe his tournament to win because of that, so that he can get back into. The, you know what I mean? Like, I he may not win that match either, but like he gets a title shot. You know what I mean? But like, I, I you know what I mean? Like, it I makes, don't know. There's there's one last guy that could pull the trigger on. So will it be Yuya Yuya Uemura? They might. He might be the one where he debuts and wins the title. He might debut in the New Japan Cup, win the cup, win the title off Naito, or win it off Sonata, who's ever champion. Maybe, Honestly, maybe if you if you have him. him win that New Japan Cup and then have him face Sonata next year, that's some very classic Japanese wrestling storytelling right there. Sonata holds but, the title but doesn't all the Sonata way. Sonata and Naito just Cup. make so much sense. Well, I'm just saying, like you could you could even book like they do in those tournaments because Sonata would be in that New Japan Cup. Obviously, you could have him oh, yeah. beat him there and then establish that that's a possibility, and that you know what I mean. They go on to win the tournament. Oh yeah, I'm just saying. Like I'm just saying you, for a Wrestle Kingdom next year. Doesn't that's what I'm just... saying. Well, th- didn't he win the cup title shot? And that's when he went. So I'm saying you could set it up that way if you wanted to do yeah. that. You know, you could have him be like, oh, it's just like last year when Sonata won the championship. You know, like, I, I just think that'd be cool. You never know him come out of the cup. God, I still wish they would have given uh, Sabre that chance. He won the cup. I, he should have won the title. Look at how good he is as a champion. But it's okay. I think Sabre will eventually get his run. Um, that being said, it's your turn to take the wheel here. You are covering, we got Ring of Honor on Honor Club episode. What the fuck is the title of the episode? Holy shit. Uh, I think it's 12. 
I have it. As, I, I know it's right? like 15 miles. Like, oh, it's like 14. I, I knew it was 14, and I just didn't. I just didn't go for it. Anyway, uh, we had <laughs> the infantry taking on the kingdom, which I think we've had like five fucking times now. Um, <laughs> a little sick of this one, huh? <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, listen, they did the double wishbone, a little fake out punch from Bravo that I like. Uh, Kingdom's still rolling on. They hit him with the proton pack. I don't know what they're going towards, but they're they're going. Uh, Trish Dora took on Sky Blue. I really like both of them. Um, if, if you know what, if Sky Blue could work on anything, uh, maybe her striking a little bit. Maybe I don't know. That's just the thought I had while watching this. Uh, Trish hit a nice German suplex, and then got caught with a Skyfall for the win. Uh, Sky hit a really clean. It, what, what, what was it? A wheelbarrow suplex? Uh, I, 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 yes, I don't actually have that written in my notes. But Either I'm way, sure that the transition of Sky hitting that on Adora was fucking flawless. Yeah, I they they're both good. So like they did, you know, I'm surprised they didn't do like a little technical wrestling sequence. They must have just not been given a whole bunch of time. Um anyway, so the next match we had was The Righteous and Stu Grayson who he decided to give more than just one chance to as was pointed out by commentary here. He said, "I'll give you one chance." And then he went and he, he wrestled with him again. So I guess I guess he's more than one chance. And they were taking on the Dark Order here, which was Uno uh, Uno, uh, sorry, and Silver and Reynolds, <clears throat> and uh, Uno like literally never hit Stu in the beginning part of this match. He just refused to, and then when he like decked him, he tagged out, which I thought was interesting. I've never seen. I mean, I'm probably never not ne- not never seen that in a wrestling match, but I haven't seen it in a long time. I feel like where he's just like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not going to hit you because I I want to get through to you, like. Um, and I also like that Vincent did not allow him to even remotely interact with the Dark Order at all and even physically contact with them unless it was to fight them, you know? Um, like it that, was very that was much, a nice touch to this. Yeah, like it's like Vincent obviously knows this gimmick super well. Like he studied obviously like what cult leaders are like and like, you know, anyone that's ever seen one of those documentaries about what cults are like, this is exactly the kind of stuff they do that cut you off from your friends and family that you're close with so that you don't have the ability to see what's really being, you know what I mean? Like, so they're doing that really well. Um, and I like that they naturally work well together. It's not like they're, it's not like Vincent is framing things in a way where like they actually, they actually genuinely are a good team together. It's just really toxic for Stu, obviously, you know, like, so, um, it's just, it's really cool. And, uh, we got some Dutch airlines here. Love it. Um, and, uh, and I, I, just, I sent to you in uh, DMs as we go, like, Stu has chosen to let the past die and kill it if he has to, uh, you know, <laughs> to, to do a little, uh, you know, Last Jedi reference, because that movie's not controversial at all. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Like, thoughts on this? I, I just, I, I really like where this story is going. I really hope it doesn't just get, like, lost in the shuffle. I hope this is, like, yeah. a, a tag team or trios match on on the uh on death voice honor show i mean they're gonna need more than just regular yeah, you know, title matches so we were know. saying if you're gonna use some of these talents you gotta add stakes to it and having the dark order kind of you know lose a, a core founding member uno loses tag partner even if it does maybe it ends up being a big swerve at the end but it, the week to week has been more enjoyable because i'm actually in and i'm with you i'm believing he's gonna join these guys it they're selling it 
he's being influenced. Yeah, this was like the seventy fifth iteration of like the oh, I went I went undercover in fucking this faction storyline. Like I'm over that. Like just have somebody actually yeah, no. get fucking taken over for once. For As of sake. now, I believe he's gonna join it. If they end up, you know, pulling a ruse, it is what it it's is. It's the storyline did but... suck, but you know why I respect the Alexa Bliss thing because they planted that seed like two years before and then finally did something with it because they said, oh yeah, this will happen. She's been infected, and then they just didn't do anything with it. But then like they actually did something with it. Where if you don't ever do anything with it, or if you just like it was all just a lie the whole time, like then it's like what? But okay, I guess. Yeah. It just feels like that would be way too much time invested in the storyline. Like, they have to do something with it at this Again, point. I feel agreed. Like, you know? Agreed. Yeah. Uh, Dasha was backstage with the Island Boys, uh, aka you know, uh, obviously Sheppy, Sheppy Zach, and fucking uh, J- Joseph from Samoa. You know, as as. <laughs> As, Island boy, as uh, Zach Sabre Jr. referred to him as this, yeah, they're basically just saying like, uh, hey, you know, I, 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 I respect you a little bit more than I thought. I guess you're pretty good, and he's like, well, yeah, you're, you're pretty good, uh, you know. But uh, you nice know, we know who's the best champion here, right? And Zach's like, oh, well, are we so certain, Joe? And he's like, well, I, I, I thought we were. Are we not? And he's like, nope, nope, I don't think it is. And he's like, oh, okay, I guess we'll have to settle that. So I guess they're gonna just like have like a casual singles match instead of breaking up, which is I guess better than what they did with wardlow but like i i just like i don't know whatever they have these tv titles it just makes me flash back to the wardlow shit that just lasted way too long and went nowhere and just ultimately distracted from what could have been a good title reign for joe like you know like yeah just wasted like multiple months of joe's time and he could have been literally wrestling anybody else (laughs) you know like quite um, literally and I mean, I'm, I'm more likely going to be obviously super excited for that match when it does happen. I'm probably not anytime soon. I, th- I think they probably are going to try and do Island Boys at least, it seems like, you know, so, or at least like some version of it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Promise Braxton took on Diamante. I like the Diamante's, like, she's one of those ones that I said I hope they use on Ring of Honor because she's not like one of those ones that you're going to give a title reign to probably on AEW. But she could be Ring of Honor Women's Champion like two times before she retires, probably. You know, like just like Mercedes probably yeah. could be, you know, like or uh if you threw Madison Rain in the mix. I'm surprised she hasn't been on there more. She was like, I want to say in the first couple of weeks, and they haven't really used her since. She hasn't been on anything. Give Madison Rain a match, damn it. Anyway. Um and uh they actually had some decent chemistry here, and I liked Promise Braxton Promise Braxton's gear. She's got unique moves, so I'm, I'm into that. Yeah. And uh, there's like a straight jacket submission, like sort of finish here from Diamante. Good stuff. Uh, we had uh, Brian Cage taking on Willie Mack. I guess I guess Mac Attack is dead because there there was no there was no Mac on Mac. There was no Mac together. There was no Mac Daddy action here. Well, there was a little bit of a return of the Mac in, in the middle of the match, but you know. Uh, this is just like a squash for Brian Cage, basically. It's so weird. They'll give Willie Mack like something to do for like two weeks, and then they'll be like, eh, "Actually, we forgot. We have you lose to everybody." On so. second thought, yeah. Actually, what if you lost? Uh, what if you just like sold the fuck out of Valeria, and that's how you lost? Like, all right, cool. Uh, Zach Saber Jr. to in his second of three matches for this week took on Rocky Romero. I guess we already talked about two of the other three. I guess, but he took on uh, One Eyed Rocky. Um, and uh, you know. Uh, this is for the New Japan Pro Wrestling Television Championship. It's a pretty standard Sabre match. Um, everything he does is good. It's just a different kind of vibe. I love when he chirps his opponents, too. It's just fun. And then uh, Rocky hits some rapid-fire hits on him and uh, just like, some close near falls. And then I think it was like a tight uh, pin was what maybe what uh, got Zack Sabre the win. Either way, the point is Zack Sabre Jr. picked up the win over Rocky Romero to retain the New Japan Pro Wrestling Television Championship. Uh 
with the Work Horsemen taking on uh, Action Andretti and Darius Martin. Uh, Work Horsemen are, are a good team to help these guys figure out themselves as a tag team. And uh, Andretti had a good hat tag. We had Shogun, Bryce Saturn, and Jacob Austin taking on... Uh, uh, sorry, and Jacob Austin Young, like what a name, uh, taking on Butcher and Blade and uh, Kip. And uh, this match was like literally like 15 seconds. It was like dragged like GG over. Kip didn't even need to be there, basically. Um, <laughs> no. All right. El Hio del Vikingo, Commander and Bandito took on Jack Hartwheel and Helico and Serpentico. So this was a fucking awesome match. Um the Lucha chants were going nuts. Serpentico did some really good Lucha shit. Like the Serpentico and Bandito, I believe it was in this, in this match hit a sequence that I'm pretty sure was just ripped straight out of the match that, uh, Ray Mysterio had with, um, uh, uh, shit. What's his name? Uh, Metalik on that episode of raw. It, it looked like that sort of classic Lucha sort of sequence. It looked like that kind of shit they would do in Mexico, like just for fun, you know? Um, yeah. And it was just wildly all over the place. And Vikingo picked up the win with that nice uh, 630 centon. Vikingo is built different. Commander, I'm I'm so glad the Commander was snagged by Ada. I don't know how they managed to snag him, but they the yeah, fact I that they know. did, awesome. You know what I mean? Like, And uh, Bandito obviously now being able to wrestle more consistently is awesome. Jack Cartwheel, also super underrated, held his own with all these fucking insanely high-level wrestlers and luchadors. And uh, and Helico fitting into the mix somehow. He didn't feel out of place, probably because he's you know also technically a lucha wrestler, not lucha, but like a Mexican style wrestler with the way that he does the submissions. I I'm I'm all for this and bring this. Fuck it. If, if is is Jack Cartwheel the new member of of the SAP? I don't know if he speaks Spanish, but we could teach him. He can learn. Jack is just so unbelievably crisp, like like as well. So. You know, I gotta tell you, Jack Cartwheel, someone I never thought I, I kind of made the made the, the not really. Oh, it's a good comparison where I where I kind of said, you know, maybe he could be the modern day Jack Evans, and it's because of shit like this. He can fit into this. Lucha I'm gonna give style, you a better comp. And he, he could be the modern day Evan Bourne, not Matt Seidel, but Evan Bourne before he got all bulked out. You know what I mean? He could. He could. Uh, I I particularly I love Jack Cartwheel. The first match, I the first indie match I watched uh, during the pandemic was Jack Cartwheel and Titus Alexander. So I, it, he has a special place in my heart because of that. So, <laughs> uh, And then first of our two co-main event title matches on this episode of Ring of Honor on Honor Club was Shibata taking on the new member of Bullet Club, Alex Coughlin, um, who obviously he trained, you know, I mean, Shibata trained everybody from that group, but you know, whatever, fuck it, whatever. Shibata was training everybody for a while. So, uh, it's for the ring of water pure championship. Um, caught him with the early rope breaks, which put his back against the wall. Um, standing up with a deadlift suplex. That's just a cool spot. They hit each other pretty hard. Um, and there was a devastating penalty kick by Shibata. I just love that finish. He, no, but everybody else does that move and some people use it as a finish in Japan sometimes. When Shibata does it, it just, it works. I don't know what it is. It just, that's a finishing move to me when he does it. Um, yeah. I wouldn't want to be, would you, what would you, all right, for a hundred grand, would you let Shibata do that to you? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, let me just say, I, I'm so glad we live in a world where, uh, we got Shibata on Ring of Honor, and right? Then the I mean, night. this was just like a, a, a idea that was thrown out, like that. Yeah, like it, it's actually awesome. Like I love it. It's like Athena's. And then we get title him the next reign. night on a uh, Rampage. Like it's it's kind of unfucking real 
that Shabbat is working like this, but I'm I, I'm so happy we get it. I'm so glad. Agreed. It's it. it's fantastic. Um, what do you think of Coglin? Honestly, now that we know he's in Bullet Club, I'm glad that I got to see this right before they made that announcement. Okay. That was really good planning on the part of New Japan to let him have that Ring of Honor match right before they were about to do that with him. Um, and it's obviously a, a nice little nod from Shibata that he's letting one of his students that they've noted is one of his you know main students or whatever. <clears throat> Excuse me. That uh, yeah, I it, it's just a great. It's like it's a perfect tune-up match for him for him to go and do work in New Japan now. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Now that Shabbat and him are probably going to be separated for some time. Um, they actually did a lot about that on Ring of Honor this week. There was a lot of um, other talent getting in there, like Jack Cartwheel getting in there with all those Lucha guys. Let me just roll back through and I'll, and I'll just do these comparisons. You have, um, uh, you know, the workhorse went in Andretti in them. Zack Sabre Jr. Obviously, and Rocky Romero, just that's just a tune-up match for Zack Sabre Jr., really, you know? Yeah. Willie Mack getting so, a match with, with a guy that's champion, you know? Uh, the infantry in the kingdom. That might just be the way they're training up the infantry to work the Ring of Honor style, honestly. They're just having them wrestle them. I mean, and then Athena and Kerry H- Kiera Hogan in the main event for the Ring of Honor World Women's World Championship. Um, I like that this was just a straight title match. There wasn't like any, you know, nonsense. Oh, it's proving ground. Like we've done that like six weeks in a row or something. We could, we could have a title match here, you know, like, yeah. Um, Kiera is definitely worthy. Um, Athena is the most dominant women's champion in America. That was thrown out there. Is that true? It might. I mean, right with with uh, it might be true. Was it? But it was I would just say... like Bianca just lost the title, right? So probably right. I mean, yeah. I mean, now that yeah, now that Bianca's no longer champion, Jay's no longer champion, Jamie's no longer champion. Yeah, yeah that's probably not a f- untrue statement. All right, thirty defenses in six months. What do you think about that? Holy shit! That's 30? pretty insane. I can't think of one that was bad, to be honest with no. you. No, I will. I did like that. Uh, they didn't let Kira Hogan just get beat the fuck out here either. No, but the reign of brutality does continue. But there was a nice brawl afterwards. She didn't just get belt shotted. There was an actual fight after. So this is probably going to continue into the pay per view, I would think. But or maybe at least on ring. This might be actually now that I think about it. If 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 my thought on Mercedes being the one that she's going to have to face, maybe she'll continue being the piss out of Kiera. She'll get another title match, and then as, after the post match beatdown, that's when Mercedes will make make the save. Maybe I possibly. Um, you get this feud for like a a little bit before the pay per view, and then I don't know. That would feel a little bit forced, but I mean they've done it with Mercedes before, so it wouldn't surprise me. You know. Eh. Yeah. Yeah, they've, uh, they've done that before. So, but I'm with you. Uh, another a, a solid ROH. Three I defenses thought... in six months. That's like Orange Cassidy shit, man. That's crazy. Yeah, it really is. So, yeah, let's jump into uh, some AEW Dynamite here, where we got kicked off with uh, the Blackpool Combat Club, which featured John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Willie Uta defeating the Lucha Bros and Bandito. Um, fucking action packed, and god damn it, uh, Bandito just... did the suplex thing again. Except he did it for like two minutes this time. What this man is gonna die doing one of those suplexes? Uh, he is beyond strong. Um, him and him and Claudia were kind of athletic. Like, like do, do we need that freaks. match? Have we had that match yet? Hey, their one on ones in this was pretty good. So, I I bought in. I I don't think we have had the singles match yet though. Maybe that's your uh. Main event there, of there, uh, Death yeah, Before would be Dishonor. A hell of a Ring of Honor Death Death Before Dishonor main event. But uh, Wheeler Yuta 
Wheeler the, fucking the ascension of Wheeler has begun, bro. Like two days before this, he pinned Kenny, or what was it, three days before this, he pinned Kenny, and on yep. this match, he gets another massive fucking victory here, dude. Wheeler, fucking Wheeler Yuta. Get the Busaiko knee and Valuable and seatbelt for the pin. So it's working. It's working for real. Death Jitsu the- might be my favorite thing in wrestling right now. I that really hope pretty, they work that shit into the matches. That's pretty nice. Yeah, it's fucking cool. Um, but yeah, I I'm with you. All the one on ones in here, I thought worked. I was surprised, honestly, to see the Combat Club working. But again, uh, da- Danielson put it over on commentary, pretty much saying, "Hey, this is what we do. Even though we just wrestled Anarchy three days ago, we don't give a fuck. We're gonna be out there working." And uh, and that they did. So, really fun stuff here. And another thing, Bandito and Wheeler Yuta, just, they had this, like, forearm fucking exchange. And I thought it was, I was buying into each hit, and Bandito ends up hitting, like, this pop-up cutter. Really sick. Lucha, the Lucha Bros are always great. I mean, we, it, it, there's nothing more we can say about them. We, we glaze them up every time. So, <laughs> you know, we'll always take at Lucha Bros. Um... We jump next. We have Alex Marvez. He's backstage with the Young Bucks and Hangman Page. But it was asking them how they're feeling after Anarchy in the arena. Matt Jackson said the BCC brought out the worst in them. He never thought he'd see the day he'd try to burn off someone's face with an exploding sneaker. Page said they're still standing and still swinging. While the BCC relies on a numbers game, Evil Uno then enters with Alex Reynolds and Silver, who apologized for interrupting them with his new friends. Page wasn't going to go after them, but Marvez asked Page's thoughts on the word of Kenny Omega. Going back to Canada, Paige said Omega didn't go back home to Canada, and he walked off. So, oh, uh, shit. The implication here is Kenny's gone to Japan to get some uh, backup for the elite. And What if Canada – what if Canada – what if it wasn't Canada or Japan? What if he just went to, like, Denmark? He just needed some time off. Fuck it. I'm cool with that. Go get go get his work on his back a little bit, you know? I don't know. I, I don't know where the fuck that came from. Tony nah, he's, back. he's got back. He's got shoulder problems. His his fucking shoulders are the big problem. He's and low key, this might be my shoulders. favorite segment of the show here, outside of the callus thing. Um, Tony Schiavone introduces Switchblade Jay White and Juice Robinson to the ring. He's asking about the attacker Ricky Starks backstage at Double or Nothing, and this the entire time White and and Robinson are like just kind of holding on to Schiavone. They're not letting him go. White said he bets Starks feels on top of the world right now, having eliminated both of them from the battle royal. But Starks is an international championship, and he lost to Jay White. Robinson brings up FDR, saving Starks from their attacks. And FDR aren't Starks' friends, and Starks has no friends. White, you know, he starts running down FDR, and they end up making their way to the ring. Good reaction for our guys. And these four guys are standing out here, and I'm, I'm starting to, like, cream my shorts a little bit. Like, this is... We were, we were pontificating on what could be the next direction for FDR. This is one of the teams we tossed out there. We gotta, we gotta step up to that next level. You know, we we just did this program. Let's move on to the next one. I, I so they're you know White and Robinson are kind of hiding behind Tony at this point. They believe FDR are there to apologize to them and maybe even join Bullet Club Gold, calling them the top shelf top guys. White went to hand uh, the microphone to Dax, but he dropped it. That ended up allowing Juice to punch Jax in the jaw. With a handful of quarters, and then he hit his finisher. White laid out cash with a blade runner. They're bailing, and and pretty much they end up getting the hell out of the way before Ricky Starks makes a save. Starks challenges White to finally put an end to this next week on Dynamite. And when they hit the crowd, 
every fucking camera shot of Juice Robinson was actually hilarious. This guy is a fucking breathing meme. He's literally a menace. <laughs> but I just I thought this flowed so well, and uh, I mean, this you literally this is the best, probably one of the best tag matches we could get for them right now. Imagine this guy is like, this is like, imagine this is Tony Storm's like walking through the house, like all of a sudden, Rickey. Yeah, right. Um. So okay. Ah, uh, Tony Khan has a collision announcement. Tony Khan is backstage. Said tonight's announcement is the debut edition of Collision, and it will feature CM Punk. Punker so, bud. Punk. 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 Just, punk, punk, punk. The uh, the other worst kept secret in wrestling, right? Um, this got loud cheers. It got some booze from the crowd again. Punk's reaction is going to be well. I mean, they made this announcement in San Diego, which doesn't. I mean, that kind of feels a little intentional. I mean, it's not that close to where the Bucks live, but it's not that far off. Like I, oh no, every every city outside of Chicago is probably going to be like this, and it's just. It's going to be cool. Honestly, ah, be I wouldn't go that far. I don't think he's going to be having heat in like every city. I think in California, like, probably, yeah. But I don't know about. I mean, in, I don't know. Even maybe, in Florida, maybe in Virginia. Is, where, where, where's Hangman from? Virginia? Maybe maybe in Virginia, yeah. too. But no, I don't every think. Everywhere else. And wherever of... Cole Cabana is from Chicago, too, right? So he's not going to get booze. <laughs> Colt's just been bowing by Chicago, huh? Oh, yeah. It's, it's not going to be like Long Island everywhere. But it's going to be fun to watch because he's going to get a pulverizing reaction. You know, for good or for bad, but um, that, it's, that's it's, that's my first opponent for CM Punk is uh, Cole Cabana. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not doing that. Um, maybe we'll get his announcement uh tomorrow or Wednesday, so maybe we'll get that. Would, his, that would uh, make sense if they're going to actually announce something. It's, it's well, they, they, they're announcing like they should announce the Collision main event probably, right? Realistically, yeah. So that that's what it is, the Collision main event. But is it going to be Punk? I don't know. Punker Bud, Punker Bud, um. I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. We had a, a three-way match between Swerve Strickland, Big Bill, and Trent Beretta. Which they yeah, Trent question mark. All right. Um, so <laughs> everyone remembers that. He was he was still Trent question mark when, when I first started watching. Um, yeah, so we had Large William, uh, Mr. Swervy Swerve, and, uh, and Trent. Anyway, because um, uh, I would add an exclamation to Trent if I was going to change his name again. Um, but – uh, it's an example of, and I think this is interesting, how a, th- a three-way match kind of needs a, a, a good mix. So, like, you had Trent, who's, like, I would say the all-arounder in this match. You have Swerve, who's really, really good at doing the high-flying stuff and some of the technical stuff. And then you have your big meat and big bill. And I think that's kind of like, so I was thinking about this. I was like, who would I take from WWE and try and recreate this exact vibe? And it would be, like, Ricochet is one. That's your Swerve type, right? Because Ricochet can do some of that stuff, too. Uh, I would take probably Braun Strowman, even though they're technically friends, but like whatever, you could throw them in a match. Uh, and then I was like, who would be a, a good replacement for Trent? And I was like, okay, maybe like Chad Gable or somebody like a little bit bigger than Chad Gable in that sort of similar mindset. I was like, actually, yeah, that mix would probably work. You know what I mean? Because you'd have enough between the two there that you can kind of sort of have the sort of back and forth you have with Trent and Swerve. And then you have whether it's Braun or Almost or whatever the hell your big guy is just coming in to like sort of break up and be the big sort of yeah. heat in the match. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. It kind of occurred to me while I was watching this. I was like, oh yeah, three-way matches are kind of interesting. Um, they didn't get away from this match. They kept the crowd with it the whole time, which is hard to do with a three-way match like this. And uh, sort of ends up picking up the win, you know, I believe off some uh, shenanigans, right? So, you know, like, it's it's like, 
the cat uh, wants to be heard on this episode of the podcast, apparently. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, just what were your thoughts on this? I I, I really like. I think um, I think right decision to get Swerve the win. I'm thinking with uh, Collision coming, we're going to see more more matches like this, more singles matches featuring other guys that necessarily don't get and that many. You know, Big Bill and Trent Beretta, how many singles matches have they had this year? Not many. So, yeah, I think it's a good sign, and everyone looked good in this. Um. Actually, hey, really this liked. also this match made sense coming out of the end. This was the true, literally, the ending of the. It was Swerve betraying Big Bill, yep. and Trent Beretta was also in there as well. So I mean, you know, like I, I and Trent took the bullet for Cassidy. So you know, this is instead of them saying like Cassidy did on the um on the post match that he was going to probably give him a title match. Like they, this resolves that now. He this was essentially a number one contenders match. You can look at that now because Swerve is going on to face the champion yeah. now. So exactly. Um, we get a video package highlighting Chris Statlander's road recovery, and it shows a, it pretty much culminating and winning the TBS title at Double or Nothing. She's officially the num- the one in Jade Cargill, sixty in one. Renee Piquette welcomed the acclaimed in Daddy Ass as the to the entrance stage. Things didn't go their way at Double or Nothing when they lost a trio's title match. Billy Gunn said he feels like he let the acclaimed down, but Cass has said they win together and they lose together. They're still the people's choice. Bowen said a few months ago they were screwed out of Tag Team Gold and said Gunn deserves to hold gold one more time in his career. Got a good reaction. The Acclaim loved Daddy Ass and everyone loves the Acclaim. And yeah, but uh, I, I I don't know. Pretty, It was fine. I mean, it's kind of setting up a future match for him, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, maybe the idea is that eventually like, they'll do these open house matches and they're going to go to the back of the line for now, and then eventually they'll hit them again, and they'll be the ones to take it off of them. That would make sense. Because um, I, I think House of Black will need to go on to do something else eventually, because I don't think the trio's titles... I don't think they're long for anybody that's going to get them, and the acclaimed don't necessarily need to get the tag team championships every time. And I think I think I kind of agree. I think getting Daddy Ass one more championship before he retires would be pretty tight too. You know, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, Big we'll Daddy see. Billy. You know, and then in the fucking the cool one of the coolest segments of the night, Don Callis, uh, Tony Schiavone ha- is sickened to announce Callis and Takeshita to the ring. They don't even use entrance music. Instead, they're just hit with these fucking roaring boos from the crowd. Um, but I, we saw some videos from people in the venue. It was so fucking loud. I mean, this is literally a reaction. The last treat. time I heard this this loud was like the night after The Undertaker lost to Roman Reigns. Like that's yeah, that's the only thing. I don't even think it was that loud then. I think this like completely would have made that sound quiet now. Like that's. This is the loudest I've ever heard a crowd boo somebody, I think. I would have to say, probably. It was fucking cool. Yeah, I mean, God, remember, uh, this brings me back to that one moment of, it was Elias and Kevin Owens, and they were in Seattle. Yeah, and, and, and he pretty much it, made a joke Elias about made their a comment team. about um, <laughs> Seattle not getting a sports team or something like that. That ended up going <laughs> to like Vegas or some shit like that. I forget something like that. Like it was a bas- it was a basketball team that was the NBA was going to add a team, I think, and then they just didn't for some reason. Like, and <laughs> he just made a comment about that. It just struck a chord, and they just sat there for like ten minutes, just waiting for the booze to stop or something. It was wild. Kevin Owens didn't even get the reference because he was from Canada. He's like, I don't, I don't even know. Like, like what? It's <laughs> so good. But um, Cal City hopes those boos are for Kenny Omega. He's the real victim here. 
running down all of Omega's accomplishments thanks to Callus himself. He blames Ascari as to see every morning he wakes up to on Kenny Omega. He lost a nephew, but he gained a son in Tekashi. That was a fucking lie. He then goes on to say he's better than a bunch of Japanese wrestlers, including Inoki, Muto, Okada. Okada was the last one. Even Okada. Tekashi will soon so will show soon he's also better than Kenny Omega. Takeshita takes the mic, said he's going to destroy the elite in Kenny Omega. He's kind of cutting a promo in Japanese for a second. He sounds like a total fucking badass. He said Omega destroyed his family. I like the look he had here, too. Like the gear oh, I did, too. He I fucking, loved it. He looked like he was ready to kill somebody here. So he's going to build a new one to eliminate the elite from all elite wrestling. This is the definition of nuclear heat. Like, you, oh yeah, that's one of the that best. Around. That has to be one of the best promo lines. Like, I, I think Don Callis might be like the Paul Heyman on the mic for AEW. It might that might be a stretch, but I think, and maybe not in terms of his creative quality, because I don't know what kind of creativity like Don Callis has. I don't think it's like Paul Heyman esque or anything. Um, but I think in terms of mic, like ability to just throw a mic out there, and when he's got this kind of nuclear heat and actually turn it into something like. The, the line that he hit, which is they're going to take the elite out of all elite wrestling. That is gotta, that's got to go in promo packages for like everything Don Callis does with Kenny from this. now I on. You know what I mean? Program, like, man. It's so good. Oh my God. I love it. Um, There's a highlight video of the Wardlow match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Luchasaurus is next. Oh, well, who cares? Um, There's another. We then jump into the match we already talked about. A highlight video showed of MJF success- successfully defending his AEW world title at double or nothing. MJF said the clock is ticking and AEW's running out of competition. They're running out of gladiators for MJF to slay, and it's been made clear that no one is on the level of the devil. MJF starting to try, trying to start his rap career as well. This is the way. Shivani, back in the ring. What up? Uh, he introduces FTW champion. Hook. Shivani talked about Hook helping the Hardys win on Sunday. I'm fucked to give Matt Hardy the contract of Ethan Page. Before Hook can say what is next, La Faccione Gobernable interrupt as Jose, the assistant, who's honestly sounding like confident and he sounded good on the mic, said this is what they have to do to get an opportunity. Roosh is too dangerous to be on TV and he isn't there tonight. That felt like a wink and a nudge to all those motherfuckers that were saying some dumb shit about Roosh. We didn't really get into it on this show, but because we didn't, we didn't fucking even give those motherfuckers a time or day. But that was a wink and a nod. Um, he tells Preston Vance and Jarlis to go to attack Hook, which they did. Jungle Boy Jack Perry made the save and took out both Vance and Jarlis go on the ramp with a chair. While Jose retreated to the ring where he was met with a suplex from Hook, Jungle Hook stood tall as Vance and Jarlis go stared them down from the ramp. Cool little segment. I honestly thought we were going to hear Hook talk for a second. I thought I was like, weird. But, um, you know, hey, why not reunite Jungle Hook? It was working. So, it, it both guys benefit from this. Um, Renee Paquette is backstage with the new AW Women's Champion, Tony Storm, Soraya, and Ruby Soho. Storm said luck had nothing to do with her title win on Sunday. And she's traveled all over the world to get to this point. Soho praised Storm's work ethic while Soraya did the same, and Storm said they're the they're the only ones lucky are the AEW fans. So I'm where's the lie? Folks. I'm fucked. Chris Statlander defeats Nala Rose to retain the TBS title. 
it's kind of it's got to be a joke backstage that Nile is always the first person that gets a shot at the title. I I mean I don't know why, yeah. but yeah, it always is. I mean, should should Nyla Rose have gotten a shot at the international title? Probably, probably. Um, the main sinking point for the match here, other than Statlander, looks uh no no injury bug at all. Like she looks fucking flawless there. Uh, Taya Valkyrie was shown watching backstage and. It makes sense. We we were talking about this on uh, our uh, review of the last pay-per-view. What the fuck was his name? Double or nothing. We said, yeah, the story writes itself. Taya did all the work for Statlander to get the win, right? So That was just my wrestling brain went straight to that. I mean, also, they kind of mentioned it, you know, at the end of the match, I think. like to, I think Shivani, Shivani said something that actually applied. Oh, holy shit. Anyway, um, <laughs> but, you know, like... But, uh, I don't. I thought this this match was just whatever, right? Um. Yeah. I mean. So. I Kinda. mean. Yeah. Nyla's always going to give you a good match. Um. I'm. I. I think though. What this already occurred to me, Charlie, and this is. I'm. I'm already starting to do it, and I hate it, but it's the truth. Uh, I think it's going to become super obvious really fast with Chris Statlander, especially as champion, how stark the difference in quality of matches we're going to get with this title run compared to Jade's, which is not going to be anything against. It Jade. might be. Yeah, but I think it's going to be really. I think the spectacle of Jade is something that we'll remember for years. But I think in terms of like making this title mean something more than just it was like a 500 day reign and it was super dominant, we need to get some good matches under this title's belt so that when you look up the history of it, you can look at that awesome reign and then look at what what it rocketed straight into. It's kind of like how like I imagine the Ring of Honor title is at points where like you had this really long reign. Of like whoever, right? Danielson, I think, had it for a long time before he got beat by McGinnis, you know? And then McGinnis launches into his long on and off reigns. Or, you know, so like, I think it'll be like that eventually. And I think that's probably for the best. But I think it's going to be interesting for this first two transition, how it's going to be probably some pretty insane matches because Chris Hallander has been on the shelf for a while. So she's going to probably try to get some of that out in the ring, you know? Agreed. Agreed. And... We jump to our main event of the evening. We had Adam Cole and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Okay, so here's the question. Should the TBS title match, should that have been the main event? Is that? No. Really? No, I think main... Yeah, no. I... I know you have your bigger especially, stars in this match, but it's a Especially given the time it got. I mean, it was kind of just there, you know? Yeah, but if it was like the TNT title, it would have probably main evented, right? No, no. I think this was always going to be the main event. Maybe. I don't uh, know. I, th- I think you want a main event with your Jericho and Adam Cole program, as well as this gets a main event for Soraya and Britt Baker. Th- this this is the proper main event, especially of this show. How are we feeling that, that Jericho versus Adam Cole is still going on? I think it's done now. Um, four, I, I, honestly, I'm surprised Jericho took back-to-back losses to Cole four days apart. GG. Um, Jericho, that's just a lot about where Jericho's at in his career. I think he doesn't mind doing this anymore. I, I don't think he... I would have swore he was getting his win back here, but it, it didn't happen. And I thought Britt and Soraya had some cool stuff. God, Britt's so good in these tag matches. Um, God, when she was locking in her stuff on Jericho, it was really enjoyable. I would say Soraya, and this might be something that people might not necessarily agree with. I think Soraya is like 100% back at this point. I don't think she's holding anything back anymore. I think she's just comfortable in there at this point. I, I'd I, agree. I, I, I'm I, still waiting for her to, you know... 
to to get that match. She hasn't had a singles get... match since she's like had these good quality tag matches. It might be that she's like slowly working her way back in through the tag stuff, and that might I be, hope so. Might be a good thing, and it might not be you know what we want right away. But I'm sure in the I, I she had um the title match with uh Jamie, didn't she? That we didn't hate. You know what I mean? Like so, like it was fine. I mean, but even I don't know. It's we're just we're I'm, I'm waiting for that match. I, I want Soraya to be be the you know, if she can achieve that that level that she had, because I know it's there, and there's we saw glimpses of it here. There's glimpses happening, but we just need that match to happen. And when it happens, everyone's gonna fucking sing the praises, and it's gonna be a great moment. But it just hasn't happened yet, and that's okay. I thought she did well in this role, and I thought Britt did really well. I thought everyone did well, honestly. Um, Hikaru Shida even got some stuff in. So that being said. I think this door is closed, and I think the Forbidden Door is opening for probably both Adam Cole and Chris Jericho, for being honest. They're both going to probably be in multi-man tag matches. So we've already got two singles matches. That might be all the singles matches we get. Um, So, yeah, I'm assuming both of them are going to be featured at Forbidden Door. That being said, uh, what do you think of the main event? It was fun. I mean, I, I, they keep threatening in all these matches with Brit to like have like a an intergender tag match or a intergender tag match or an intergender match in general. Just have it, Tony Khan. I want it. I'm sure there are like at least four other people that want it. I just do it already. Have Orange it's in the video game. Fucking Chris Statlander for the TBS title. Just do it, you coward. Fuck it. It's in the have them game, both so. face and have Chris Statlander become international champion. Also, fuck it. Defend both titles yeah, I mean, at Forbidden Door. Double championship. <laughs> Unite the titles. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm down. Fuck it. Just, just sign Masha Slamovich to do this. Fuck it. Um, this, this, she does specialize in it. By the way, I didn't have it in news, but she lost the GCW title to uh, a, a, someone we, we cover basically weekly on this show. A Sir Blake Christian, new GCW world champion. So. Might have to go see that match. Holy shit. Yeah, might be pretty cool. Okay, Championship Rampage. Before this even gets started, I said to Rampage, you baby. that I think this is the highest quality match Rampage we've ever had. Now, I know that bar is not like crazy high, but still, this is going to be the footnote going forward. Every Rampage will be compared to this one. Okay, jumping in. El Hijo del Vikingo versus Commander versus Jalisco for the Triple A. They call it Triple A Mega Championship. Is that just? Is there a reason for that? I feel like commentary said that. And I'm like, huh. I, I don't know why, but Triple A Mega know. Championship. It's a a uh, you can say both, and they're technically correct. I guess. Um, so. I gotta tell you, <laughs> when they started playing the horns, I kind of popped because uh, I've told you before. I actually find the horns like no, I love that kind of shit. And when the crowd's that into it that they're doing that shit, this tells me there were motherfuckers that saw this on the card and that were fans, probably from Mexico, that wanted to see these guys get together in a match and wrestle in this kind of situation. And they were like, "Oh, the next AAA title match is going to be on Rampage. Fuck it, I'm going to Rampage then." Fuck it. This was so much fun. Um, the beginning of the match, they were doing like these lucha dives over each other, kind of setting up position. Commander got all his stuff in. I mean, bro, at one hit- point, Commander did a flip out of the ring and just fell and he was just gone. Bye, see you later. No camera found him. He <laughs> just, was just, just gone. Yeeted. Yeah, just yeeted. Um, but no, pretty much we're doing all our stuff. Uh, 
Vikingo hit an implosion hurricanrana, followed it up with a Phoenix Splash. JR is so impressed with this action that he says he's going to give the winner some of his barbecue sauce. And he'll should throw in the seasoning too. Um, We get our break. We come back from the break and uh, Drillisco and Commander. Do we have to do like board. a live taste test of J- JR's barbecue sauce at some point? <laughs> the curiosity of me wants to try Also, it. pause. Hey, yo. No, but uh, the curiosity. Um, damn it, I, I fucking lost where I was. Uh, um, but yeah, no, the match was so much fun. Um, Commander pretty much hits a, wolf, a, a rope walk 450 for a near fall, which then Vikingo takes Commander down into an inverted Hurricanrana, put him through a th- table with the 630 springboard senton. I will never get over that move. Back in the ring, Vikingo countered a powerbomb from Jalisco with a Hurricanrana in a cradle and got the pinfall. Just a fucking spectacular event. I I love this shit. I I, I love that AEW is open to doing this. So I think this rampage probably more than any other rampage showed the smorgasbord of uh, pro wrestling that you were. Oh my see. god! Yeah, we follow this into a saber match. I mean, are you kidding me? Can we? Yeah, we're not skipping over though? Aubrey Edwards getting a match in AEW with Mark Briscoe. No, no, no as we're not. Partner. We're not. But uh, can we? Drillistico. How Dude, much is his stock bo- elevated? Bo- the, last, like, the one six I used to call botchlistico because he fucking botched yeah. like the first three matches. In. No, like, no, you but, know, like, but not that I know anything about what a botch in pro wrestling is, but like I saw him make some mistakes that I thought, unless he was like intentionally making those, like in some sort of like weird reverse psychology shit, which maybe maybe he was. Doubt it though, you know. Um, but you know, yeah, but but look where his stock is right now compared to six months ago. I would have not even We're, wanted this guy to be the main LIJ or LIJ uh, LFI guy. You know what I mean? Um, but like at the same time, with not being having to use on, to not being able to use Androtics, he's not been able to. You know, he's not had anything he's wanted to do, or hasn't been able to work because of being hurt or whatever. You know? Yeah. Um, and then Roosh not really getting booked on TV, which is one thing that is true. I mean, that is that's one thing we can say he should be used more. Obviously, that's what we always say, but. Um, I mean, you get, get the guy a storyline. The one time you did, it worked. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, but and and you ended up with uh with Pero Pero Pelagrosso out of that. So just do something with the guy. But you know, like, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I I I'm really interested to see uh what they do with with Vikingo next because they've been using him a lot. So I think that's probably going to continue. I would think. Agreed. Agreed. And um. Yeah, I gotta tell you, I just, man, I I love this shit. <laughs> I just, I love it. So, okay, I'm sorry. Um, moving on. Uh, there's a, the backstage interview with uh, I I actually I'm completely lost here. It's Lexinair, right? Yeah, and I, I forget who was actually getting interviewed. I think she was interviewing probably uh, Triple J. I'm guessing backstage uh, after after Double. Yeah, nothing. Mark Briscoe, Triple J, um, you name it, and pretty much it ends up being Mark Briscoe says, "Well, I got a partner too for a for a mixed tag. That mixed tag worked so well earlier in the night. Fuck it, let's set up another. Mark Briscoe and Aubrey Edwards are going to fight Karen and Jeff Jarrett. Uh, the match everyone it. wanted to see. You know what? Well, why not, right? I'm Fuck sure Mark Briscoe is not going to look like an idiot. So, you know, like, I mean, well, I say that, but he also calls himself chicken. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but he's not against a good a good goof. So, you know, um, eh, well, well I, I just hope it doesn't suck. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. 
Agreed. Agreed. Like I've never, um, I don't know if there's ever been a good referee match, right? But I, but maybe, maybe AEW will be the exception. Ugh. Maybe we then have Willow Nightingale defeat Emmy Sakura to retain the New Japan Strong Women's Championship. Right away, JR wished Mercedes a speedy recovery on commentary. Uh, pretty much, they're both fighting over, uh, you know, who can hit who with a suplex. I thought it was a nice little, uh, on the ring apron, I thought it was a nice, uh, fun kind of uh, decision there. Sakura used an eye poke. She gets the advantage. She then sent Nightingale to the floor with a crossbody. She threw her into the barricade as the show goes to break. We jump back. Willow hits a shotgun dropkick off the middle rope for a near fall. Sakura hit like a crossroads variation for a near fall. Then a twisting senton for a near fall. Willow hit a low crossbody. Sakura then hit the, what is it, La, La Magistral's Cradle. Nightingale powered out. Sakura hit a sit-out J-Driller. Nightingale came back with a pounce. Oh my god, this fucking pounce. Someone's got to have a gif of it somewhere. It was fucking, this was literally a fucking gunshot. She then hits a cannonball, finished her off with a lariat and a doctor bomb to get the pinfall. And the crowd was fucking into it. God, she looks good with that title. This this made me want to go just championship, which obviously wasn't supposed to be the original plan, but it ended up working out for her. Like she, this has put a fire in Willow because she's going to be in history books now. That's what was said during this fight. She's literally going to be in the history books of New Japan wrestling forever because she just was their first champion for strong. It's it's crazy, you know. Like agreed, agreed. So, and um, you know, I'm always going to give props to Emmy Sakura. Big match, Emmy came out strong here. She sold the shit out of everything for Willow. Uh, This was great. Agreed. So, okay. Speaking of great. Oh. Oh. We then have... Uh, they give us a Dynamite Rundown. They give us the Ring of Honor uh, pay-per-view. I think they need to we bring think- back the actual pre-match promos, by the way. These packages are fine, but they're just not working for me. In this. I mean, it, it makes sense for Shibata, because I don't think you're going to get Shibata and Lee Moriarty having the back and forth. But, you know, like... I mean, maybe they actually could. Actually, I don't fucking know, but, you know... Um, but either way, like I, I, I just, that's a personal preference. I just have noticed that like, I liked at first that it was different than it was, but like, I think, I think we need the actual interview back. <laughs> like, uh, you know, like, yeah. Um, and then we have, uh, yeah. Shibata defeating Lee Moriarty to retain the ROH peer championship. They brought they back the scoreboard. Run- yep. They, they brought the scoreboard. They, they, they ran down the rules and pretty much. Not even a minute before the match, and Moriarty had used the first rope break. Moriarty caught Shibata with a drop kick to the knee. He worked over Shibata's knee during the split screen. Um, we'll get back. Shibata had Moriarty in a figure four. He then uh, Lee had to use his second rope break. Shibata had a diving drop drop kick in the corner on Lee, then suplexed him out of the corner for a near fall. Uh, Lee used his third rope break, and then he locked in the Border City stretch. Shibata countered with a cradle, then ran into a forearm. Shibata locked Moriarty in a sleeper. Lee faded, and Shibata finished him off with a PK kick for the pinfall. After this match, Danny Garcia came to the ring, stood face-to-face with Shibata, and held up his pure championship title for the crowd. Uh, fuck yeah. This match was fine. I mean, it wasn't, like, beyond spectacular, but it was a, this was a good... Good main event. Nah, match. And what it showed me is that Lee Moriarty, like I like I've speculated, he can hold his own with like any of these legendary wrestlers. You you put him in there with. He's he's shined against Danielson. I'm pretty sure him and CM Punk had a pretty solidly good match. I'm pretty sure um 
that now with obviously with Shibata, I mean, he's he's been put in there with some actually really solidly good wrestlers, and he's doing good. So I think I think it's all the more reason for you to continue to use Lee Moriarty. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm Shibata just as everything Shibata is doing right now. I know we were a little like unsure because we weren't sure one, how much he was going to be able to defend this title for ring of honor. And two, how much he was actually going to be able to put into each of these matches. Cause he's obviously got other responsibilities and stuff like that. But you know, like I, he's just going all out. I love it. It's great. You know, it's a nice touch to be my man. Now we're in and 47 minutes, man. If you stuck through all of this, you're pretty chill and you should, you know, make sure I didn't even say this earlier, whatever podcast platform you guys, fuck, I forgot to do that part. I completely botched the entire intro. GG's. Hey, you know, what? maybe we just uh, start ringing it in at the end. Fuck it. No, but we'll say, yeah, I mean, yeah, whatever podcast, podcast you guys are on, do make sure you <laughs> follow or subscribe. Fuck. I'm for the hour and 47 minutes. And yeah, they ain't doing that shit now. They're going to be like, ah, fuck this podcast. Fuck you motherfuckers. So, all right, that was Rampage and Dynamite and Ring of Honor and Dominion and Our Life bashed away at the sound of a speeding rotisserie chicken glistening in the wind. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I, I just actually watched uh, Thor Love and Thunder again this morning. I don't know why. I woke up and flipped it on while I was waiting. No, for my that's mom one of the bad up. ones. You can't watch that again. <laughs> I was just, I was like, yeah, that's a leave for my mom to get up. Fuck it. I'm going to put this on. Taika Waititi is a bad director now, don't you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that gets me. But um, thanks, guys. Seriously, thank you for hanging around. Um, closing us out, we like to preview Dynamite. We have the AW International Championship uh, defended against, with Orange Cassidy defending against Swerve Strickland. Jay White versus Ricky Starks. MGF as a promo. Jungle Hook versus Preston Vance and Jalistico. And Tony Khan will reveal the main event for the first edition of AEW Collision. Do you have a guess off the top of your head? Do you have like a like a hinker? Because I, I CM Punk versus Brian Danielson. Okay, okay. My brain right now is saying Andrade El Idolo versus Will Ospreay. That's my guess. I'm just fucking. I'm throwing something fucking batshit. If it hits, I promise you guys, this was recorded before Wednesday. Check the date. Uh, Andrade Elilo versus uh, Miro. Okay, okay. I think Andrade is going to be in the main event for some reason. I don't know why. But uh, thanks for hanging around, guys. Seriously, uh, this is a long one, and we'll be back again next week for episode two of the new season, where we're talking about uh, CM Punk versus Sky Blue in the main event of AW Collision episode one. Shit, next week's our first episode with uh, our last episode before Collision.